When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 100 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2. And on ScoreNorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome into Purple Daily. Matthew Collar here with you and along with me today. And he will get his maiden voyage of doing hot routes is Myron Metcalf. What's going on, Myron? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I'm taking next week off. So it is kind of like yesterday with uh, minicamp was last day of school. And I, yeah. I'm excited, you know. Um, but we, we got a lot to get to. Hot routes, your first try. And so you're going to have to step your game up at 220. We're moving it up in the show just for you, Myron, because okay. we all just work around you and what you need here. Oh, at come Sport on. That's oh, how it goes. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> the diva thing. Come on. Yeah, come on. I'm, I'm not letting that go. I'm not letting I that know. go. It's a, a different time every week. You starting know, to hurt. It's starting to feel serious now. Yeah, though. I'm wondering you know, if there's I like mean, a... Are people talking about me? On you know there? what? Uh, there rumors Kyle, going around. Kyle Rudolph eventually just had to resign and stop talking, <laughs> and you know that might be the same for you. But um, before before we get into that in about uh, twenty minutes, I want to start with Delvin Cook, Myron, and I want you to tell me because I've been looking into this this morning, and I'm going to publish an article after the show uh, later on this evening on Delvin Cook and what his ceiling can be. And I've been diving into the numbers and the analytics and everything else this morning, looking into the zone scheme, everything else. But give give me what you think for the ceiling of Delvin Cook in 2019. And let me put this on before you even say it. If he stays healthy for 15 to 16 games. Yeah, how do we get past that part, though, Collar? Like, I think, isn't that the thing that holds you up, right? The if he stays healthy. I think that's the number one thing. I, I think his ceiling is this. We won't view him as a running back if he hits his ceiling. He'll just be a playmaker. I, I think running backs, to me, are, are becoming a dime a dozen. I don't believe in drafting running backs in the first round. I think that era is, is certainly over. I think you want someone to play that position and to be viewed as a playmaker. To me, Dalvin Cook is a guy who, if he hits his ceiling, and this team does as well, you're looking at him and going, yes, it's Thielen and Diggs. Uh, Rudolph, you hope you hope the young guy, Irv Smith, gives you some pop as well. But I think you look at Dalvin Cook and you go, okay, that's your third best playmaker on this offense at a skilled position, and he's doing it consistently. Forget running back. Because when you say running back, people think in terms of 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards, and he's got to be more than that. To me, he's got to be a guy who, in those critical situations, especially down the stretch where the Vikings just weren't good enough in those moments and lost some close games, Dalvin Cook has to be the guy who can break open a big run, uh, who can catch a pass out of the back- backfield, get a first down when you need one. Dalvin Cook's ceiling to me, if he hits it, is that guy's not a running back. Not in the way that we think of running backs. He's just a playmaker. We think of Saquon Barkley as just a playmaker. Yeah, he's a running back, but he's not a running back like we think of from 20 years ago. That, to me, is what Dalvin Cook hopes to be. But I can't get past the if he stays healthy part, man. Yep. That's the part I'm 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 struggling with. I mean that that's certainly gonna be the biggest question until he proves he can do it, because even when you go back to Florida State, there are times when he is dinged up 
during yep. during his time as a Seminole. And even though he put up some of the best numbers that any running back has ever had at Florida State, and that's a place that had work done, uh, <laughs> he still was battling injuries for a lot of the times. And the hamstring, it was not the first time ever. And I remember last offseason calling Jimbo Fisher just to kind of talk with him about what he saw from Delvin in the first couple games before he tore his ACL, what he could tell me about Delvin coming back. And Jimbo Fisher said, this guy heals faster than anyone I've ever seen heal. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, I mean, is that real? Like, uh, I mean, maybe, yeah. may, I mean, maybe Adrian Peterson kind of did with uh, the ACL thing for him the one year, yeah. but I'm not sure that I really believe in that. And yeah. uh, now, what I want to see from the health standpoint, and then we'll talk more about what you said, him being a playmaker, is if there are dings and cuts, sit him out. Don't try the pitch count thing. It doesn't work. It just makes things worse. Uh, watching Kevin Durant the other night made me think of Delvin Cook and how they kind of got lucky even with Delvin Cook that they got him back toward the end of the year last year and didn't do more damage to him uh, when he was battling that hamstring injury from trying to put him out there against the Rams and a couple other times run him out there on a pitch count. It was just... I think poorly handled, and of course the player is always going to try and get back out there for his teammates, but I think they should have said, okay, let's sit him down and lose him for two or three games instead of dealing with this on a week-in and week-out basis. He only had, Myron, more than 10 carries five times in 11 games last year. And yeah. I mean, that, that just cannot happen again. So they have to manage him a little bit better. From the playmaking standpoint, this is where I don't know Myron, if it's going to be a more creative offense or if it's going to be just here's what we do well and we're going to do it. Because last year it was uh, John Filippo. we're going to be so creative, we're going to be so interesting. And by the end of the year, Mike Zimmer's saying, stop it already. Just, yeah. you know, just run a zone <laughs> run and it'll be fine. And that's where I think using Delvin Cook as a wide receiver and putting him in the slot oh, and all things like it. that, I, I love that stuff too. I wonder if they're just going to line it up and give him the football. You know, I, I don't know how creative they're going to be. But, I mean, what's the point then? Well, why make all these changes if you're not going to do it? Like, why overhaul your offensive personnel? You know, why bring in a Kubiak if you're not going to try that? To me, with a Delvin Cook, you talked about pitch count. I, I, I'm on the other extreme, and you brought up Kevin Durant. Here's the reality. These guys are in situations based on the way that they play and the wear and tear they put on their bodies. This can happen to anybody. I don't know that there's a right answer with someone like Delvin Cook who has this history of injuries. I will say... You better treat him as someone where you go. The reality is we don't know if we'll have him. Like we, we don't know if week 15, week 13, hell, week 12, if he's going to be there, right? So you've got to, I think, approach it like that. How do we get the most out of this guy and put him in the best position to, su- to succeed and make an impact on this team? If you're not going to get creative, if you're not going to try new things, and you have that guy, then what's the point? Then what's the point of doing what you just did and made all the changes that you just made if you're going to stick with uh, the traditional schemes, if you're just going to use him as, as a traditional running back and put him in that position, I think they need him to be more than that. I think they need him to be a threat lined up outside. I think they need teams to me, Collar. The, the ceiling for Adelman Cook is teams are guessing with him. Yeah, Teams are lining up and going, I don't know what he's going to do, but we better shadow him because this guy is so pivotal to what they do offensively. Rather than, okay, he's lined up in the backfield, they're going to give him the ball first, second down, and then they're not going to use him anymore. We're not worried about him beyond the first couple of downs. He needs to be a threat every time he's on the field, and defenses need to be going. This guy is so explosive, and the way that they used him is so untraditional. uh, We've got to be worried about him. If the Vikings don't put Cook in that position, that to me uh, will be a misstep. Yeah, I agree. And last year they did it against Detroit one time in the first drive where they had Latavius Murray and Delvin Cook on the field at the same time, and they uh, sent Delvin Cook out to the slot, threw him a little bubble screen, I love and he that. was he was one block away from a big play. And of course, last year none of the blocks ever seemed to come for Delvin <laughs> Cook, and yet the the man still averaged four point six yards per carry. By oh, yeah. the way, it's yeah. it's not like he was getting shut down, even though he had a poor offensive line. But then I never saw that play ever again, and I and I just it was one of those things with Filippo where it stuck out in my mind, where it was like, man, this guy 
you know, comes up with some good stuff and then doesn't go back to it when it's something that could definitely work uh, for you on a week in and week out basis. And I think that based on the usage of Delvin Cook last year, where over the last three weeks it shot up for how much they were giving him the ball, I think that's what we're going to be looking at. But your your point about you know how often can you give him the ball and how much is he going to be able to hold up? The way I look at this, it's a little bit ruthless, Myron, but I can't help think of it this way: is Look, if you got to run Delvin Cook into the ground and he's only got a five-year more, more career after this because you gave him the ball 350 times between the pass and the run, then oh well, because this is your winning window and that's what you got to do. And he, outside of Thielen and Diggs, is the most explosive playmaker that you have. And when they didn't go out and get a number 3 wide receiver, Gary Kubiak's talking about, hey, Chad Beebe looks pretty good in the spring. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he can... I'm sure he could play. I've seen him get open, and I like him. But that's not a guy who's going to be a super serious threat, I don't think. The number three receiver is Irv Smith and Delvin Cook. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. And if Irv Smith isn't really ready to make a huge impact, as many tight ends aren't, maybe he will, but a lot of tight ends aren't ready uh, from their very beginnings, Delvin Cook is going to have so much pressure on him. And I, I think if you're going to bring in a Kubiak offense that has always sort of been built from the running back, going back to Terrell Davis, right? Yeah. All the way back to that. Then this is, this is how you do it. Roger Craig is kind of where that offense starts. I know that, you know, going back to the Bill oh, Walsh. Man. Well, I love Roger Craig. Of, of course, that's Jerry Rice is the centerpiece, but Roger Craig is the guy that's getting the ball a ton of times out of the backfield. It's always been a thing with this style of offense. And, I say run Delvin Cook into the ground if you have to. I, I was looking at Ezekiel Elliott from last year. He ran the ball 304 times and caught yep. 77 passes. If Delvin Cook does the same thing this year, if he can handle that, I think that this offense does really well and they're in the playoffs. Now the problem with Zeke, though, is remember, they build him as Le'Veon Bell. There's going to be more balance to his game. I think that's what Zeke wanted. I think every running back wants that. I think I think running backs are like basketball players who want to be rappers. A lot of them want to line <laughs> up in different places on the field, prove that they can do a lot of different things. I'll tell you this, though, with a guy like Cook, and it applies to everybody, and there aren't many of them who have that sort of special ability, that special burst. you got to give that man some real estate. you got to let him mow the lawn. you got to put him in a position where he can make plays and do some of those special things. And I think when you talk about what happened last year and the Vikings going more conservative, guys get tight when things aren't working, when you're losing. Guys go, wait a minute, maybe it's because we're experimenting too much. Maybe we're trying to do too much so they go back to their bread and butter. But don't nobody want bread and butter every day? Put some (laughs) jelly on that doggone piece of bread. And that's what the Vikings have to do when it comes to Cook. I want to see him in the open field, and I want to see what he does in that situation. How can you get get that guy in a position where he can use that rare, that unique, that special explosiveness? That, to me, I don't care where you line him up, how often you use him, where you use him. Give that man some real estate. Let him mow the lawn. That, to me, is going to be the key with him, and that's going to open up things for everybody else. Uh, so I did some numbers here, Myron, and I compared yards per carry, yards after contact, and yards per touch from Delvin Cook and looked for the closest comparables from his numbers last year. And, and again, he was dinged up, but if you're using the rate statistics, then you could kind of even the playing field, right? And I came up with Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, and Joe Mixon as being the guys who were the closest in yards per carry, yards after contact, and yards per touch. And those are three of the best running backs in the NFL. Three and, really good running backs. And that's why I feel like when we talk about which players might be irreplaceable on this team, I think Delvin Cook is where this starts. And how really, <laughs> this is a make or break year for a lot of people in the Vikings organization, whether we're talking about players or Mike Zimmer or Kevin Stefanski, whoever. And yet, so much of this season, and whether it's successful or not, will rely upon whether Delvin Cook gets hurt or not. And whether I mean, yeah. Stefan Diggs, too, and, and Adam Thielen, both of them were battling injuries at some point last season and over the last two years. And Kyle Rudolph has been really healthy over the last three seasons. If anybody on the offensive side gets injured, I think, you know, it's a really weird irony is the only position that could kind of handle it is probably offensive line since they drafted <laughs> Drew Samia and brought back Brett Jones is the, is, and uh, Rashad Hill and they have Avian Collins too. It's like 
You know, I actually feel about better about the depth on the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings, as weird as that sounds, <laughs> than I do at these other positions. It really struck me when I was doing these comparisons. I agree with you that running backs are largely a dime a dozen. Those four guys, Cook, Elliott, Ingram, and Mixon, are not a dime a dozen type of guys. Those are the yep. ones that you pay. Those are the ones that you make centerpieces of your offense because of all the different things they can do. And anybody else behind Delvin Cook right now, I have no idea if Mike Boone or Alexander Madison or Rock Thomas or Amir Abdullah, well, I'm pretty sure Amir Abdullah is not anywhere close to Delvin Cook, but no. the other guys, I don't know how much they can really do. And it's, it, it, this is the impact of the Kirk Cousins contract and how much money they've handed out on defenses. You are really flying with no parachute at this position. Yeah, you got a window. You've invested and you're stuck. And you can be stuck in a good way or a bad way. You can either be stuck in something great and you've got the personnel to help you win now and you've got all the pieces. Yeah, you don't have a lot of flexibility in terms of cap space, but you what you have what you need to win. It's okay to be stuck in that. You just don't want to be stuck in quicksand. And that can happen really quick with, quickly with this team if the injuries pile up. I think Cook is very important. You're right. He's one of those special running backs. But I can't get past the idea of he's all the things we've said. He's all the promise that we've discussed if he stays yep. healthy. And at this point, at in this point, don't you always have to have sort of a contingency plan, Kyler? Like, don't you have to look at this and go, okay, I, I hope he's ready to go. Kind of like the Warriors approached uh, Kevin Durant and his absence and what he, where he would be after the Rocket Series. Okay, I hope he's ready to go. You know, we really hope we can rely on him because when he's out there, he's amazing. However... History tells us that that's kind of a, a, a dangerous thing to do. You got to rely on Kirk Cousins, number one, right? But Kirk Cousins, to me, it's unfair to suggest he's got to do it all. He needs playmakers around him, and Cook is one of the most important guys. I hope he stays healthy because I think we could see a special season from him if he does. So I, I got a question for you. We'll see if yeah. I don't know if I can quite call this a trivia, but I'll see if you can guess this correctly or not. So Kirk Cousins has started four seasons, right, in the NFL, like as a real starter. He got other chances yeah. before that, but real starter. So I, I want you to give me a guess uh, where last season ranked for his pro football focus grade in terms of one, two, three, four. Was it his best, second best, third, or fourth for his PFF grade last season? With the 70% completion rate, I'll say it's his best. Okay, it's actually it's his second best for last okay. season. 2016 was slightly better. And the reason I say that is to make your point that Kirk Cousins is going to be exactly Kirk Cousins. He is graded basically in the same area by PFF, which grades every throw of his, yeah. um, basically in the same area each season. From It's a 1 to 100 scale, and he's 71.6. 80.6, 70, and 79.3. That's all right in the same category. This is not a guy who fluctuates wildly with the way he plays. Whether they're successful or not is going to be what happens around him. If the defense is as good as we think it is, if the receivers and Delvin Cook stay healthy, if Delvin Cook can run for 1,400 yards. I mean, there's, there's a thought out there, Myron, that kind of drives me crazy that running is just not a thing you should do. That it's just a bad play and it's inefficient and, and you shouldn't do it. But oh no! But when you have a good running back for Kirk Cousins, I think it enhances. Doesn't necessarily make him better at running play action and making those throws, but yeah. I think it enhances what you could do play action wise. And what Mike Zimmer said is balance is what he's looking for. I think when you have a running back like Delvin Cook that is capable of breaking off a 60-yard run every time you give him the ball, that changes that equation and it yes. changes those analytics from the, the bigger picture is, yeah, it's not as efficient, but we're not talking about the bigger picture. We're only talking about one team, one player, one situation. And if Delvin Cook is running for 1,400 yards, that's going to be huge for you. Yeah, and when you're talking about running, everybody's running on the football field. Move the doggone ball. That's what it comes down to. You can dress it up however you want to. People look at the Baltimore Ravens and go, well, what they can and can't do. I know what they could do. They were efficient enough at running the ball where they made the playoffs and they had a chance with a substitute quarterback, a guy who had been drafted in the back of the first round. Move the ball. Like, that's all that matters to me. If you can do that consistently, that to me is the key word. Can you do it consistently? Nobody wants a team that's got a big play every 15 plays. Can you do it consistently? Are you always a threat? And that, to me, is going to be why Gary Kubiak is so important with this offense. Can they do enough 
to make teams go. Not only do they have the talent and the playmakers, they are doing this consistently. You never know what you're going to get. This is a dangerous group. That, to me, will be the story of the Minnesota Vikings in 2019 if they can get it done. If not, we'll be looking at a lot of guys who get in peak slips. Byron, are you ready for hot routes? I'm ready, man. Are you really ready? I'm, oh, I've been okay, ready, so, man. I'm, ready. All right, I'm just making sure because your first one was like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of ready. But like, I want to. Oh, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Do you need? Do you need somebody to? I got neighbors. You know what? Can't yell. You know how? You know how players though, when they get ready to go yeah. out there, somebody slaps them on the face. Like, I was never know, that guy. No? Like, just walk okay. out. Get out there. All right. All right. Why you gotta slap me in the face for right, that? Then hurt. <laughs> okay, then you're a self motivator. That's fine. All right. Yes. So I, I'm gonna need 110 percent from you when we do hot routes. Manny Hill's gonna step in here too. Jonathan Harrison. It is your first edition ever. It's very exciting. When we return here on Purple Daily. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Rods on Purple Daily. 580! 387! Ah, yes, exciting times in our life. We're doing a little earlier today to make sure that Myron Metcalf gets his first ever hot routes so ramp it up jonathan we are ready to go here on a friday and you know what here's the thing too i'm on vacation for a week after this so i'm giving it everything i got here right <laughs> i'm not i'm not cruising to vacation all right i am You're going all in all in into vacation with football talk all right so here we are hot routes yellow 42 our first hot route carlos hyde friends manny hill in studio as well here for hot routes Carlos Hyde said the Kansas City Chiefs scheme is a dream come true for him. I've dreamed about schemes as well. Uh, I don't expect Carlos Hyde to be any different than Carlos Hyde has ever been. But I want you guys to give me a player around the league you think their new situation, they can have a breakout year. Myron, why don't you begin? Uh, I, I like, uh, first off, thank you for having me on Hot Routes. I'm, I'm honored that you arranged things it. for me. I appreciate it. Uh, Tyron Matthew, I think, at Kansas City. I think that, to me, is a guy who steps in and becomes the face of that defense, uh, a team that needs a defensive identity, especially with leaders like Justin Houston being gone, Eric Berry. Uh, I think Tyron comes in, and he gives them an attitude they were missing when they lost to the Patriots. We know who they have at quarterback, a generational quarterback. Uh, if they can become a consistently effective defense, you're talking Super Bowls in KC, so I like what Matthew brings to the table. So he was the one that spawned my saying, always draft the weed guy. Because <laughs> dropped to the fourth round with his type of performance oh, at LSU, draft the weed guy. All right, uh, Jonathan, who you got? I'm going to go with Sheldon Richardson. It's a guy we saw last year a lot in Vikings, but now he's in Cleveland where they have pretty much talent at every single spot on the defensive line yep. and throughout the rest of the defense. It's a good pick. There's going to be too many people to block there, and I think Sheldon Richardson is going to capitalize there. Here's my question, Jonathan. Does Sheldon Richardson continue to follow the rules of the road now that he has a guaranteed contract? Good question. <laughs> Good For this question. answer, yes, he does. Because in Minnesota, he drove like a Minnesotan. You know, slow, couldn't That's merge. That's not a good he thing, though. You don't want to drive like a Minnesotan. But, but, not, but not fast. Okay. See, in the left lane, he was going 56 in the left lane last year, making sure he's going to get that big deal. Now Might he's be got a better it. setup for him in Cleveland, too, to drive a little faster. Who knows? Uh, what do you got, Manny? Uh, I thought I would go a slightly different route with this in that this guy is in a new situation, but in some ways it's kind of an older situation. It's like bringing the old back into the new. Okay. I'm going to go with Deshaun Jackson. Oh, with the back, to Philly. back to Philly. You know, he's he's been, I mean, he spent those years in Washington, and that was just kind of a dumpster fire. Team was never really very good. He was productive, but they weren't very good. Then the last two years in Tampa, it's just, I mean, you got Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing you passes. And, Fitzpatrick and was he, letting loose. And here's the thing. Deshaun, last season, despite Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing interceptions everywhere and Jameis Winston just not being good, 
Deshaun Jackson still averaged almost 19 yards a catch last season. So he still he still has that explosive big play potential, even though he's uh, getting getting a little long in the tooth now. He's 32 now. I think he'll be 33 uh, late late this coming still season. Still blazing fast. Yeah, but I think being in Philadelphia, returning to the Eagles, I think that'll re-energize him a little bit, getting out of that bad situation in Tampa. He's going to be playing with a good quarterback in Carson Wentz, a really good head coach in Doug Peterson. I think uh, I think Deshaun Jackson's primed for a really, really nice season. So I am going to go with a former Viking, Cordero Patterson, who signed a two-year deal with the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy loves to get his playmakers the ball. The way he Call used them the Trojan. The way he used the... Yeah, that was a weird thing to call someone. Um, but uh, the way they used Tariq Cohen last year, I think that Cordell Patterson is going to be a different version of that. Get the man the football, and uh, I'm guessing he's going to be even more dangerous because they had so many weapons in New England that he got the ball sometimes. I think they're going to use him a lot, and he's going to have a big season as a true playmaker. All right, next, uh, next hot route here. Red, 48! Tennessee Titans, among other teams, scrapped the final day of minicamp to go to Top Golf. Of course, the Vikings made us all work. Um, anyway, of course. So they had a team bonding experience. Mike Zimmer wants you to bond over your defense, kicking your offense's ass in the final day of minicamp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want you to, uh, you guys, to give me the ultimate score north team bonding trip. Why don't we start with you, Manny? Uh, this is very simple for me, and I know not everybody is a is a big fan of this, but I think there are enough of us that that would enjoy this to where we could get everybody else on board. I'm all in on going to a uh, WWE pay-per-view. Yes. Oh, yeah. You mean the one that's coming to town in November or October? Yeah, I'd yeah. be on board with that. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. I think that'd be uh, very, very uh, team bonding-esque <laughs> for uh, the score team. Let's do this. I've never been, but oh, it's an experience. I'll try it. I'll try anything. What right. about you, Jonathan? Uh, I've actually got a date for mine. Let me search the music here. I've got a date. July 17th. Twins are hosting the Mets. They'll be throwing out on the mound their newly acquired pitcher, Noah Syndergaard, who will be shutting down the Mets. Mm. This is all huh. reckless speculation. It's not actually happening. Is this going to be a write that down prediction for Maybe. later this afternoon on Mackie <laughs> and Judd? It might be. It might certainly <laughs> well be. Noah Syndergaard will be shutting down his former team, and the Twins will be hitting out of the park. Dinger after dinger, and it's a day game, which is perfect, so we'll have to find someone to fill us fill in for us, but I don't care because day baseball is awesome. All right, so a Twins game. They're yeah. in first place. I like it. What do you think, Myron? Uh, two parts. Um, we play a tackle football game. You know, just a bunch <laughs> of you know dudes in their 30s and 40s out of shape uh, playing tackle football. And then after that, we do trust falls together. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, we just beat the heck out of each other, and now we got to do trust falls. And listen, if we play tackle football and then you still catch me, uh, hey, I, we're, we're bonded for life. That's kind of how I see things, man. All right. So what came to mind for me was the ultimate bonding experience in cinematic history, which was the Top Gun volleyball scene. I think we reenact <laughs> Top Gun volleyball scene. And, right? And we all go out, we okay. play volleyball in the sand, no shirts on, ripped jeans, shorts. I would need a shirt on. Judd's old gang, let's go. I most definitely need a shirt on. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm not going shirtless. What? Guys, no. This no, has to be you, a you do not pure want to see and full reenactment. Are you sure you want to see this? You know what, though? That's the thing. is, In order to be great, we have to really know each other. No. Got to see, see each other with our shirts off and in tight jean shorts. I will take nothing less. <laughs> All right, <laughs> on to a very serious and sad hot route from that. Uh, Denver Broncos owner Pat Bolin passed away today at the age of 75. Of course, uh, under Bolin, the Broncos becoming one of the great franchises of all time. I want you guys to give me your three favorite Denver Broncos ever. In my mentions on Twitter, I threw this out there. Tons of great potential answers. Myron, you go first. Uh, my three are Steve Atwater. Everybody knows the Christian Okoye hit. The greatest hit of all time in NFL history. Uh, Shannon Sharp, who I admired mostly because he was Sterling Sharp's brother. Uh, and he, he he made sure that people knew that Sterling Sharp was actually the better receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sterling Sharp should be a Hall of Famer. And then there's Terrell Davis, uh, the running back who inspired me as a young player. I love Terrell Davis, even though he kicked the Packers butt. Uh, to me, he was just a great guy to watch, man. So those are my three among the Denver Broncos. Jonathan? I'm going to go more recent here. Von Miller, he's just been unstoppable at his position for 
almost 10 years now. He's just great. He's one of the better at his position in the history of the NFL. Champ Bailey, when he was with That's Denver, shut down corner. Couldn't, you You just didn't throw his way because he was just going to, yeah. And then John Elway as a player, not as an executive because it <laughs> hasn't gone really that well as an executive besides one Super Bowl. John Elway as a player is just fun to watch. Manny? Um, I will go with Shannon Sharp. Like Myron mentioned, Shannon was... I actually had a chance to meet Shannon in 2004. Uh, me and my family went to the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony that year. It was Carl Eller, former teammate of my stepdad, was getting inducted that year. And it was also the same year John Elway and Barry Sanders got in. Oh, nice. And so oh, nice. Shannon, Shannon Sharp was hanging around. Obviously, he was there for, for John. And I uh, got a chance to shake his hand and talk with him for a little bit. Actually, very, very, very cool dude. Um and terrific player too, obviously. Uh, Rod Smith is uh, another one. Great selection. Really, yeah, really good wide receiver. Even after John Elway retired, he was still really, yeah. really productive um, in that offense for a number of years. And then, caller, you'll like this one. Do you remember Craig Cragen, the nose mm. tackle for the Broncos? Oh, in the, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh, and sure. I liked him because, and this is kind of an, an odd reason for him to be like one of your favorites. Um, I just remember the Super Bowl video of when they got blown out by the 49ers in Super Bowl 24 in the Superdome. And there's like this two-minute stretch of them. They have Craig Cragen mic'd up, and he's just mm-hmm. huffing and puffing, and he's just mm-hmm. giving it his all. And the Joe Montana's just throwing darts all over the Broncos' defense. And Craig Cragen's just out there just battling, and he's just Poor like, Craig Cragen. What's, what's <laughs> going on, guys? Come on. Like, what's happening here? But um, I just... So I just remember watching that as a kid and just really appreciating him just getting his butt kicked out there in the Super Bowl, but he's still going at 150%. I am going to go with Carl Mecklenberger, okay. one of the great linebackers of all time. And I think they moved him up to the defensive line eventually, right? Carl Mecklenberger. Um, since you went Rod Smith, I was going to go Rod Smith, but I'll go his buddy, Ed McCaffrey. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. great wide nice. receiver combination. It reminds me of the Thielen and Diggs or uh, Rod uh, or uh, McCardle and Jimmy Smith. Like yeah. the great wide receiver combinations. I battled over this last one, but just he's one of those guys where when you lay out your buddy in the backyard, you're like, that was a Steve Atwater hit, buddy. Oh, yeah. I just laid you yeah. the bleep out. Yeah. But you know, Brian Dawkins also played there. He was an yeah. he was a, an Eagle more than I would say a Bronco, but he was one of the responses I got from some people and uh, of guys who will lay you out. Brian Dawkins was great too. Denver Broncos, great history. All right, next hot route. Orange 48. Poncho I love the poncho. In there. Um, Red Polly. So in order to improve his throwing motion, Lamar Jackson is going to work with a quarterback guru named Tom House, who's actually a former Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, I want you guys to tell me, A, will it work? And B, give me something in your life that you would like a guru to help you with. Manny? Um, a, I think it will work because I think that Lamar Jackson has the drive and dedication to to make it work and to really work at his craft. And I think he has the personality to be able to lead a football team. And I think part of that personality is that self-awareness and that desire to get better and improve it on his own craft. So I think it will work. Um, Something that I would like to have a guru help me with is uh, I would love for like a shooting coach, a basketball shooting coach. To just why don't you just ask, Manny? You getting back in the league? You going to the league, Manny? What are you doing? Well, it's it's like I mean, the draft? athletically, I can't do much of anything else on the basketball court, but I feel yeah. like just if I could get somebody to just work on my elbow shooting in, mechanics, get that then, elbow uh, in. Yeah, I'd like to be a lights out shooter so that if I ever do decide to play in a pickup game again, that's the one thing I can hang my hat on. All right, Jonathan. Yeah, I I think it's gonna work. I mean, he's uh he's a smart enough kid, young enough kid that it's that his throwing motion isn't really ingrained in him that he's able to change and you've seen his ability and drive to just get on the field and he played wide receiver position he's never played before he's he's willing to make the changes necessary to just be a good good teammate uh a guru for me a diet guru just help me get my diet in order because <laughs> i am not your guy then we all I can help know Manny around shooting. Here, i cannot help diet as we all know around here it's not the greatest of diets but just someone to help me out there. Now, for somebody who tried to walk away from eating two corn dogs <laughs> once at lunch, you um, you seem to bring it up a lot. I think you're proud of the corn dogs. I am um, proud of them. Yes, <laughs> Myron. 
I guess I don't know what the word work means. Like, will it work? Is he going to Is he going to get better? Is he going to get a yeah, lot better at throwing the football? I saw Lamar Jackson live uh, in Louisville, um, and I just think he is who he is. And I think if you're the Ravens, you approach him and go, this guy is a great playmaker. He's explosive. And if we balance what he does with a top 10 defense consistently, we got a chance to get into the playoffs. I don't see Lamar Jackson, no matter who he works with, ever becoming this consistent pocket passer. Do I think he'll improve to some degree? Sure. But I think he'll always be defined uh, by what he can do with his legs. And if the Ravens build around him, they keep that defense going strong. That might be good enough, especially in that division where nothing's guaranteed. Uh, A guru I would hire is somebody who could help me make sure my chicken was moist off the grill. Uh, I struggle with that sometimes. It's just impossible. Yeah, you can't overcook it. Because then you lose the moisture, but you can't undercook it because you don't want to die, right? Yeah. So it's like you <laughs> got to find that. Thing, yeah. Yep. yeah, you got to find that balance between death and and dryness. <laughs> oh, uh, so that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Um, death and dryness. Yeah, that's yeah. that kind of defines a lot of our lives. Um, <laughs> will it will it work? Here's the. I don't think he's ever going to be a great thrower of the football, but I hate making this comparison. You know, because of the whole black quarterback thing and, you know, whatever else. But if he was a smart Vince Young, like I think Vince Young was not a very bright guy. And even post-career, it's kind of become obvious, not a very bright guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Lamar Jackson, I think, is a bright guy. And I think he is a good leader. And I don't think he's selfish like Vince Young. And I think that he is much more self-aware. But Vince Young, just for his pure footballness, could not throw a perfect ball, but knew how to win games. I mean, he won a lot more than he lost in the NFL, and he's thought of as this big bust. Mm-hmm. If yeah. Lamar Jackson was a more well-adjusted, more intelligent version of Vince Young, I think he's still a really good NFL quarterback and can win a lot of games. So even if it doesn't work with his throwing motion proving, I think he could be really good. Um, something in my life a grew to help me with. So I have been playing the guitar since I was like 12 or 13 years old, and okay. I can shred that thing, all right? But you know what? I don't know how to read music. I, I've never learned how to read music. I can really? play any song that you give me to learn how to play, but I can. if you gave me a bunch of notes like piano players have, I'd be like, that's just a foreign language to me. I would love wow. a music okay. guru to help me learn how to actually read and understand music theory. Don't have that in my life. James Brown couldn't read music. Turned out okay. There's, I mean, most like a lot of guitar players. That's why they played it. That's why I played it because when they give you, you know, how you're in band as like an eight year old or ten year old or whatever, you're yeah. like, okay, I can't learn this. I'm bad at this. What's the instrument that I could play where you don't have to learn how to read this? Guitar was that, and I could play Alice in Chains songs. Which, uh, dream come true. <laughs> All right, final hot route of the day and of the week, and for a week, I guess. I mean, uh, when I'm away, you guys can do hot routes. Bears 96-year-old owner, Virginia McCaskey, which is the most 96-year-old name, um, had the quote of the decade when she said of the Bears' new throwback jerseys, those socks don't exactly turn me on. Uh, I want you guys to give me an old-school NFL jersey that turns you on. Myron? Uh, it's got to be the Falcons because Jermaine Dupri Ward and Welcome to Atlanta. Oh, that video. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt like <laughs> if it was good enough for him and Ludacris, it was good enough for me. I mean, Jermaine Dupri dated Janet Jackson for years. So if Janet is cool with the Falcons jersey from the 90s, <laughs> I'm cool with it too. And I really think everybody should be okay with it personally. Hey, Myron, do you think that um, like Beyonce is the more recent or the next generation's sort of Janet Jackson, because for someone your age, you're only a little bit older than me, but I'm kind of like, ah, Janet Jackson didn't really, didn't really connect to that. But if you just say Beyonce, it's like, oh, yeah. Beyonce. I mean, Beyonce has social media. I mean, I wonder who Janet Jackson would have been with social media. Yeah, that's true. She's still Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go. I don't. I'll take over this show if I start talking about Janet Jackson. So let me stop. <laughs> All right, then we'll just move on to uh, Jonathan. (laughs) I'm going to go with the 90s Vikings purple jerseys. I love those things. It was just a great look. I grew up on them as a kid. It's one of my favorite looks. A Dark Horse favorite, though, is remember when they brought back some of the AFL looks back in a couple years ago? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. The ref jerseys, the creamsicles. I love oh, those oh, things. I actually like those. Yeah, okay. those are yeah. cool. Get away from the bland uh, black and white jerseys of refs. Give them something different. That creamsicle hmm. look was awesome. Um, I th- this was very tough because I'm big time like throwback jersey like nerd. Um, I'm gonna go with 
the and and we've seen them wear this wear these uh, a couple of times. The Miami Dolphins of basically like from the beginning of their existence yes. until maybe about eight nine years ago, and they're bringing them back. Are they really okay? Yeah, that's good. They're for some games, I don't think for okay. all games, but they're bringing them back. I and and it's mainly because of the helmet. Like I can't stand the Dolphins' helmet yeah. right now. Like it, the, the dolphin Isn't it looks like, like a, a, a mad little dolphin. It looks like an anchovy. <laughs> like the dolphin helmet right now on on the helmet looks like an anchovy that yeah. you would find like on a pizza or something. I like give me the old throwback. You know Dan Marino in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> Uh, Miami Dolphin on the helmet, where he's he's got the the you know the the uh, the grounded up like helmet, and he's got this mean look on his face, and it just give me give me that. I oh want yeah, yeah, that yeah. Back. Okay, yeah, I'm look, like I'm looking at the difference. You're right. The uh, the the old one is kind of like a person dolphin who's yeah. mad and ready to play football. Mm-hmm. You're right. Now that's what I want. Now it it, it totally lacks personality. Yeah, it's, it's it just, looks like uh, an anchovy. Yeah. Like a small fish. Not a fan. Um, for me, I'm surprised nobody else said this. Houston Oilers. Like, all the oh, way. Oh, yeah. All yeah, the way. Totally yeah. Houston yeah. Oilers is one of the all-time greatest. And I was thinking about this the other day with um, the Houston Texans and what a disservice it is to America for that to be their uniform. Like, the red is okay, but the dark blue, it's just so boring and uninteresting. It's Texas, guys. Got to ramp it up. And, Yeah. The oh, Houston like Oilers, that. the logo, it's all classic. Myron, you did well for yourself in your first hot routes. Good I'm job. I'm glad, man. I appreciate you for having me on. And uh, thank you, Manny, for stopping in My to pleasure. be a participant. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And, uh, Myron, i got to ask you about a report about how much Dak Prescott could make per season. We will discuss when we return. You are listening to a Friday edition of Purple Daily. I think it certainly embodies the win now mentality, but to me, it just embodies the mentality of how much they care about winning, period. Um, They came to this organization a little over 12 years ago with one goal, and that was to win a championship. All the stuff that they've done since is falling in place with that goal, and you know, certainly we want to win now. Um, That's not going to change, but with their leadership, they're providing us every resource imaginable to win now, but also to win for a long time. Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph there on the investment from the Wilfs in people such as Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf here, and Judd Zolgad, Rami Maklov will be coming in for our number two of Purple Daily here on a beautiful Friday. So, uh, speaking of spending a lot of money, Myron, you sent me an article today that suggests that Dak Prescott could be searching in the range of $34 million per season for his contract. Um, Your thoughts? I think it's crazy. Um, And to me, like if we're headed toward a strike, which I think that's on the horizon, um, it's going to be because of situations like this where the market dictates this, obviously, as you know, Collar. Russell Wilson got his money. It was clear that Carson Wentz was going to get his money and that Dak Prescott would get paid at some point too. But $34 million a year just sounds crazy for a guy who who hasn't proven that he will consistently be a premier quarterback in this league. I mean, his first season, they go to the, um, they go to the playoffs, the number one seed, lose to the Packers. But since then, there've been a lot of questions about Dak Prescott. But I understand that this is the position where you go, you have to be a quarterback in this day and age, big money. So I knew he'd get a lot, but $34 million, especially if you're talking about, I mean, four, five, six years, like that sounds crazy to me for a guy who hasn't really proven himself in terms of being a long-term solution at quarterback. But it just shows that teams will overpay at that position. E- even if you're not a proven commodity, they will overpay because they feel like it's so hard to find someone who can play that job and and do an admirable job at this level. But, man, if you're paying Dak Prescott $34 million, what does that mean for the next guy who's not even a top-10 quarterback? So explain to me why there is so much skepticism around Dak Prescott. Because if you're looking at just yards he threw for, well, of course, it's not going to be as many as some other teams because they run the football a lot with Ezekiel Elliott. But his overall three-year sample is 32-16 and 16 as a starter. 
67 touchdowns, 25 picks, 7.4 yards per attempt, which is solid, a 96 quarterback rating, and two playoff appearances, two Pro Bowl appearances. I mean, when you throw out those numbers, it's like, yeah, this is exactly what a franchise quarterback sounds like. And then you add the fact that he can run for touchdowns, too, and has that extra element where he's running for three, 400. He's run for 18 touchdowns. So you basically take what he's thrown for in three three years of touchdowns, tack on 18 more um, to that mix. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's not the most beautiful-looking quarterback play, Myron, but I started thinking about this um, you know, several years ago with Teddy Bridgewater about what just wins, what you do as a quarterback that gets you victories and not what gets you fantasy stats. And Dak Prescott doesn't have the best fantasy stats, but he sure does have a lot of victories in three years. I feel like when, yeah, when you have a good offensive line, you have uh, add a receiver like Amari Cooper, but you, but you could say that about pretty much anybody. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers has a down year last year with a bad team and a bad system around him. So I, I feel like uh, I'm not really fully understanding why there's so much um, concern about giving Dak Prescott the money. Uh, because I don't know that you give him a ton of credit. I mean, you give him the full credit in 2016 and 2018. 2016, obviously, the offensive line was so good. Uh, you had Zeke playing as well as he did. I mean, Dak Prescott comes in, replaced Romo. Great season. Uh, we saw a lot of promise. Leads his team to the playoffs. They go 13-3. and three. Not taking anything away from him, but the key with any quarterback is can you do it again? I mean, that's what we're talking about with Kirk Cousins. We saw when he had that big season in Washington. We're still waiting for him to duplicate that. 2017 is where you don't have Zeke, right? And you are in many ways, I don't want to use the word exposed, but you saw Zeke for who he has to be if he doesn't have a guy like that next to him for an entire season. He goes 9-7. Uh, you know, his his yards per attempt are way down. Uh, his interceptions are up. They go 9-7. and seven. Uh, He only completes 62% of his passes. So I think the biggest knock against Zeke is if you're going to pay a guy $34 million, I want to see what Russell Wilson just did. How many people can name, and we've talked about this, the players that were, on, that were around Russell Wilson? Not many. He did it. And I don't know, to me, that Dak Prescott has proven that he can be that guy consistently. So he has had two good years out of three, I'll give you that. But I don't know if we're going to see this run continue. And I don't know that he's proven that he's worth $34 million because, to me, that's top 10 quarterback money, Collar. Is he a top 10 quarterback? See the way that I look at this, and I mean, I think he's I think he's in the fringe top ten because what's great about his sample size is you have a look at when everything went right for him in 2016, and you have a look at when everything went wrong for him, and how good he can be when both of those things happen. And if the worst that Dak Prescott is going to be for you in a year where his offensive line all got hurt, Zeke was out for a good portion of that. If the worst is nine and seven, which often gets you into the playoffs in the NFL, I mean, I, I guess I don't have a huge problem with that guy being my franchise quarterback because when I have a down year, he's still going to keep me in that mix. I mean, if you're talking about the difference between top five and Dak Prescott, then yeah, there's a pretty big difference between your Drew Brees, your Tom Brady. Um, you know, th- there's a big gap there between those guys and Russell Wilson. I would throw in there as well. Pat Mahomes, I would throw in there and where Dak Prescott is, but I think he is slightly above where Kirk Cousins is. And now uh, some of these contracts are going to make it look like Kirk Cousins' contract is uh, fairly reasonable, but I even went to, um, just in terms of the guy being a winner, to ESPN stat with QBR, which takes into account the situation of the game. It's not just grading the throws, it's not just tacking down the fantasy stats, but when is it that you did what you did? And he was fourth in the NFL in QBR that year and got a lot of um, his QBR points, I guess you call them, yeah. uh, through running the football. But that's just another part of who he is and what makes him good and what makes a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL good these days is that they can add on that element to his game. And when I look at his PFF grades, his worst season, PFF, was that year, and he was 16th two spots above Kirk Cousins in his worst year, who was 18th. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I see what you're you're getting at with him, um, especially because it's not the, he does not throw the most beautiful football at all, and sometimes it's ugly, and there have definitely been times where you felt like, can this guy move this offense, especially if Ezekiel Elliott isn't dominating? But I, I think when you're looking at the bigger picture of what he's done in three years, he's shown you that he's capable of putting you in a position to be right there, and if Aaron Rodgers doesn't make... 
the most majestic play ever and draw it up in the dirt and make an unbelievable throw in 2016. He's got a playoff win there, too. He gets a playoff win against Russell Wilson. I mean, to me, he's checking off a lot of the boxes for a guy that you would pay. But for $34 million, I mean, his QBR is going down since his rookie season. Yeah. 78.8 78.8 down to 58.6, right? If that's the metric we're using. Yep. And to me, if you're talking about $34 million, you say he's fringe top 10. Is he over Roethlisberger? Nope. Is he over Mahomes? Nope. I'm taking Matt Ryan over him. I'm taking Jared Goff over him, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, and the list goes on and on and on of the guys that I'd give $34 million to before I give Dad Prescott. Now, I get the market value. Like, I understand that. If you're the Cowboys and Russell Wilson gets paid, Carson Wentz gets paid, he's the next guy in line, the next franchise guy to get paid. I get that. But to me, if you're talking about value versus production, I don't believe that Dak Prescott has earned that and I can't, to me, for 2017, you could say, yeah, that was him at his worst. But I'll also say last year defensively, that was a big part of what happened with the Cowboys and what yeah, they were able sure. to do. I just don't know that he is a consistent playmaker where you give him that kind of money and say, you're the key to our future. But he's going to get it because that's the way the market goes. And I think down the stretch, though, he showed that uh, receivers were a big part of it, too. I mean, the, the drama with Des Bryant and Des Bryant just – hitting a wall and, and dropping off the face of the earth. I mean, yeah. after after he got Amari Cooper in there, he looked like was a, a different quarterback. I just looked up over even the final 11 games of last season, he had 102.7 quarterback rating, 17 touchdowns, four picks. So, I mean, if that's kind of what you're going to get from him with a little more receiver help, then to me he is the franchise guy. I mean, I I think as much as Kirk Cousins' contract has been difficult for the Vikings, and a big part of that is it's all guaranteed, so the cap hits are huge. There's no way to uh, manipulate the cap when it's all guaranteed. Um, I, I think when you get to that range, that's probably where you you have to do it with someone like Dak Prescott. And you mentioned those top quarterbacks that you would put ahead of them, but how many of those guys are in their late 30s that got a year or two left in the NFL, and then where is he, right? I mean, yeah. unless some of the younger quarterbacks just rock it right by him, I think if you take away those guys that are pushing 40 years old that you named, you're still talking about him being right in that range. So he is one of the most fascinating cases that I've seen because of how much winning he's done, but still the questions that uh, surround him. So that's a good one. Myron, this was a really fun time. Let's do it again. Good stuff, man. Definitely. All right, Myron, Myron Metcalf, you can follow him on Twitter, is it just Myron Metcalf, ESPN? Uh, oh, Myron. Metcalf by ESPN. Metcalf by ESPN, yeah. okay. Um, and someday I'm going to get the Eric Metcalf story <laughs> from you. I'll tell it. Okay, beautiful. All right, Myron Metcalf, ESPN there. Uh, Zolgad, Rami Makalov coming in next. Thanks, Myron. We will be right back here on Purple Daily. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh, cosmic, crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.